What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Let's get back into faith response or faith responds. I tell you, I'm full, man. God is good. God is good. I could actually go home right now, and I have had the best, one of the best, sir. That's just something I love doing, praise and work. Has God been good to anyone in this room? What about online? Has God been good to anyone yes. online? I know he has, right? And, and so when we're talking about faith response, I mean, it's very difficult to just sit there and not give him the glory that is due unto his name if you really believe he's been good to you. You know, believe it or not, praise is a response. It's a form of faith. It, it means, God, you've been so good to me, I can't help but give you the glory that is due unto your name. And as Christians, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. So I don't care what you're going through in your, in your body, what you're going through in your relationships, what you're going through in your situation with work or whatever, what you're going through during this season, both pandemic and political, Whatever you're going through, faith says, God, you are good. Mm -hmm. You are king of kings. Yes. You are Lord of lords. You are the order of my steps, and you're the one that makes all things right. So I trust in you, and I thank you, right? Amen. Yes. We praise him anyway. Anyway. Because you him. don't know, like I know, what my Lord has done for me. Yeah. I just feel a little heaviness in the room right now. I can't see the people online. But I, let's lift that off right now. Can you just give God just five seconds of, of just whatever's in your heart? Just go ahead and, and acknowledge His goodness in your life. Just take about five seconds. Yes. Get all that COVID news off of you. Get Whatever's the presidential campaign Shake yourself off loose. of you. Come on, get all of the economy off of you right now. Focus on Yahweh. That's right. Because He has something good for you today. You know, there was a song, babe, uh, that I used to love, and it, it, I would turn it on whenever I felt like something was creeping up on me, and it, it was, um, now y'all ready for this? Because uh, some of y'all can't stand the anointing that's on my vocal cords. For singing. For singing. Mm -hmm. But she would Let go, him use shake you. yourself loose. Y'all remember, I just need that beat. If y'all just, that, y'all left too fast. I don't know if that shake beat would yourself loose. I don't know if that beat would help. I don't know. Let's keep, let's keep ministering the Word of God, and let's let the band and the singers sing, and we minister the Word he of God. He said he wanted a joyful noise. It didn't always have to be harmonious and melodic. A joyful noise. Uh, so that, that means that qualifies yes, me. Yes, yes. All right, let's get into this. <laughs> Faith response. Back in our intro, we didn't get far last week. I'm just going to race through this so we can get further today. But in our introductory uh, statement, we, we talked about there is a distinction between performance-based Christianity and living lives of faith in which we correctly respond to the finished works of Jesus Christ. Now, I have to be completely transparent. I lived 24 years of my life in performance-based Christianity. <laughs> in other words, it was all about what I did and very little about what he did. 
And that was frustrating, and it wore me out. Very little responding to the finished works of Christ. And as you heard me say on last week, I've watched God since this revelation began to become clear in my life. I watched God manifest more in seven years than the entire 24 years combined. This is why this is so important to get this into our culture here at Linked Up Church. Because of our identity in Christ, we do not have to work for God's blessings. I need to really help you all. You are good enough right now. Just as you are wherever you are in your journey, you are good enough to receive what God has for you. Without adding much to it other than accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and desiring to grow on a daily basis. We don't expect our children to be mature at two. Mm-hmm. Right? And how many of you know that at 20, st they still aren't mature? <laughs> mm -hmm. Some of them at 30 are still not mature. But watch this. We never stop loving them. They're still our children. That didn't disqualify them from us helping them. Think about it that way, okay? Now, so Jesus has done everything necessary to make what we need available. He's finished. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. He is done working. So let's stop saying, Jesus, do it. He already did it. That's right. Everybody clear on that? All right, so let's not ask him to do more than what he's already done. We talked about to see manifestations in our lives, responding in faith, positions us to receive what is already waiting for us. So we're really not trying to get him to do something. He's already done it. Now, how do I respond to what I believe he's already done? So there are going to be works of faith. There are going to be faith responses. But how I many you know it's not to get him to do something? It's for me to manifest what I believe he's already provided. That sounds small, but that's a huge difference in our everyday lives. So now, having a personal relationship with God strengthens our faith, not quoting scriptures, not listening to teaching series. Ooh, that bears not, repeating. Say that again. I know this not, is just a review and intro, but say that again. Not listening to teaching series and, and your favorite teachers. Your faith is strengthened through a personal relationship with God. How do I have a personal relationship with God? I spend time in prayer. When you love someone, you want to talk to them and spend time with them every single day. And then how many you know if you really love them, if I say I love her, I'm going to do what she asked me to do. Now I'm strengthening our marriage because I'm talking to her every day, I'm spending time with her every day, and I'm doing what she's asking me to do. It's really no different. That's how you strengthen that. And when you strengthen your relationship with God, you strengthen your faith. And then that influences our giving in church, our attendance, our prayer lives, our witnessing, our serving, and everything else that we do. So we respond to God's favor the right way when we believe that he loves us no matter what. Minister Kimley did an excellent job with prayer on Saturday and prayer on today. Right. Faith responds to God's love. When you know God loves you so much, You know, we had a, a, a snatch and grab on Friday night where somebody broke out my car window, stole my briefcase, stole her briefcase, laptops, iPads, all of that stuff. 
But what was beautiful to me was neither one of us got uptight about that. She grabbed my hand and began to pray for the people who stole it. Right? And then prayed that, that what we lost would be restored back to us. What was so beautiful about that, when you really know God loves you, how many of you know no one can steal from you? Only thing they're getting ready to do is upgrade you. Upgrade me. By taking old equipment, and now you're getting ready to get That's blessed right. with brand new equipment. That's right. And so the next day, and I won't talk about what it was, but the next day, she, somebody hands her a card. She hands a card to me, and it was just God kissing us on the forehead saying, you know what? I got you. Faith responds to God's love. Do you all believe God loves you? Do you believe God loves you online? Do you really believe that? Then you've got to believe by faith he cares about everything that you care about, and he's already done something about it. Now, what will you do in response to that? Right, and so, you know, I'm just reminded as you're talking about that, that in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, he says, For I say, through the grace given to me, this is Paul talking, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So in other words, there's no big faith, little faith. It's your ability. God's given us all the measure of faith. We all start the same. We all are the same. He's, he's downloaded into us everything that we need to respond to him by way of faith, right? It, scripture does say that only Jesus was given the measure of faith, uh, the faith without measure. But we've all been given the He's deposited it in us That's already. Right. That's right. So we have the ability, depending upon what, what's going to trigger it? Our that relationship, Our relationship, right? It makes me think yep. of a car. Mm -hmm. I can fill my car up with gas. I can charge my car up to maximum capacity. But until I sit in the car mm -hmm. and turn it on mm -hmm. and press the gas, mm -hmm. do I get the mobility? Okay, so you can sit there all day and I say, can sit car, there go. Go. car, go. In the name of Jesus, I in confess that you will drive down the street. I take authority over you, Satan. Loose this car and let it move. Okay, all right. <laughs> but the car really isn't going to do anything until you respond to it. I have to get in it as mm. in the presence of God. Mm. I have to turn it on mm. as in open my spirit to receive. Mm. I have to put it in gear mm. as in adjust my mind. Mm. And then I have to press gas. I got to take a, make an you gotta attempt. You got to go somewhere. So you got to do something. You got to do gotta something. That's good. Then the car will do what it was originally created to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're taking our time for a reason, folks, because I'm tired of religion. Yes. What I want is relationship. I don't want rules, fundamentals, techniques. I don't want to know all the right stuff to say at the right time, right stuff to do, and no manifestation in my life. Right? This is what we're working on. Let's read our foundation text. For it is by grace, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10, amplify. For it is by grace, not by faith. It is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to Christ that you have been saved. Mm. Actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. So faith's job is to respond to God's remarkable compassion and favor. That's, that's its responsibility that drew us to Christ in the first place, that delivered us from judgment and gave us eternal life. 
Faith's job is to properly respond to that, right? So we are saved by grace, but it's through faith. And so if that's all it took for us to, to get saved, which was the most difficult thing he could do, then why does it require all this other work just to get healed? Or get, get, you know, my bills paid or whatever else it is that I'm believing for. He did the most difficult thing for us, and he continues to reiterate this. And this salvation is not of ourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. You did nothing to earn this, right? Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed. We talked about that, renewed, and then ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. Prearranged. Prearranged is the key word. Made ready there. for us. So if he prepped it already and he already made it available, mm -hmm. we just have to posture ourselves in the position to activate mm -hmm. what he's already accessed, what he's already given us, right? So we left off talking, talking about how faith responds. The first point, and we never left the first point, and there's some sub points to the first point, but the first point was. Faith responds by not trying to do what God has already done. Say, I'm not in repeat mode. That's right. Type it in. I'm not in repeat mode. So, you know, uh, <laughs> and I, I use several examples, but the bottom line of that is that God has already done things in our lives, and he's already equipped us. And, you know, I had a situation just recently. I didn't tell my husband, about, but I've been just dealing with some insecurities. I'm like, what, me? I mean, we all have, you know, we all have our baseline things that we got to work through. But I'm like, I mean, this one is starting to creep up. Uh, and I, I was like, wait, hold up. Something, this ain't right. And so I have to get back into my closet and says, who am I really starting to trust? Because, you know, sometimes when you experience success, it can take you in a direction you don't need to go in. That's right. And you can, you can fall into the trap of thinking, it's about you. And, and it's so not about me. It's not about us. It's not about anything as much as it is about him. Right. And I'm like, what the world am I insecure about, right? Mm -hmm. So the bottom line of all that is found in um, Galatians chapter 2, verse, verses 19 through 21. And I, I don't have to do much more explaining after that. It says, what actually took place is this. This is Paul speaking in Galatians 2, verses 19 through 21. And I'm, I'm reading it from, I believe, the message uh, version. And it says, what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman. I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man or woman. That's good. Now he goes on to say, Christ, he says, Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ways, my deeds, my opinions, 
my control issues, my self-esteem, my insecurities, I, I all die with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I'm no longer driven to impress God. This is, this right here is like, woo. He says, Christ lives in me. In other words, why work to impress God when he made me in the first place? He knows what I'm capable of and what I'm incapable of. And when Christ is living in me, it's not me doing it anyway. That's right. In fact, he goes on, you know, later on. Well, let me finish read this. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going back on that. Is that not clear to you that to go back is to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that. Mm -hmm. So, to, re to repudiate God's grace, if a living relationship with God uh, came with rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. Wow. In summary, he's saying, Christ lives in me. Therefore, I realize that I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. I'm not capable of doing anything that will take God off track, that will surprise him. If anything, he's doing everything. I give you everything. <laughs> he's doing anything and everything good in me, through me, and to me. Yes. Philippians says it like this. He says, Philippians, this is so good. Verse 12 and 13, really quickly, what I'm getting at, friends, is that you should keep on, do, simply, you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was um, living among you, you lived in responsive obedience, in responsive obedience to God. Now that I'm separated from you, Keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy. Any good thing that we do, any accomplishment that we make, we make it on the auspice of God's energy in us. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. The King James Version says, It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If we do anything to impress or please God, it's because he's sparking us to do it in the first place. Right. So he can't be impressed with that. That's right. Right? So now, we go on to subtopic A. And that is, are you trying, we're talking again about not doing what God is already doing. So what might I be doing or how might that happen? Well, here's one way. I'm glad you asked. It says, are you trying to be justified by works? Or are you trying to work your way towards all things good? Are you trying to work your way to all things good? A lot of times it's easy to get caught up in the vicious cycle of chasing whatever that dream might be. But we got to remember, if God placed it in you, he's instructing you on what to do to get there. Right. And whatever the dream may be, to get married, to have children, to have a career, to complete an education, college students, to finally get finish that degree within five years instead of seven. He's the one who orders our steps and tells us how to do it according to the, the way that we need to do it. Mm -hmm. There's general wisdom, but when you have a relationship with God, he says you're unique. You're Picasso, Van Gogh, uh, Beethoven, none of them got anything on you because you are the original. 
So therefore, you're going to get specific instructions on getting to where I called you to get by way of your relationship with me because you might not need the same 10 steps that so-and-so needed. Because of the way you're wired, you only need four of those steps. So he's the one who instructs his own creation. John chapter 6, verse 29 in the uh, New Living Translation says, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Jesus said, it ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. Jesus said this. I didn't say it. Pastor Gregory didn't tell me to say it. He didn't say it. Jesus said, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he sent. Wow. He says, and John says later on that to love him is to obey him. Mm-hmm. Not to get his blessing is to obey him. He says to love him is to obey him. Mm-hmm. Not to get his anointing and his prosperity, you got to obey him. He says, no, to love him is to obey him. That's good. That's good. That's good. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 in the Passion, it says, For by the merit of observing the law, no one earns the status of being declared righteous before God, for it is the law that fully exposes and unmasks the reality of sin. He says, you cannot, you know, a lot of times, I was that person, babe. I don't know if it was you, but when I got saved, you know, I, um, I tried to evangelize and minister to my friends because I still wanted to hang out with them. I did. I still wanted to have fun, but like, dang, can we, can we talk without cussing? Can we have fun without drinking? Can we, you know, giggle and kiki and laugh without it being about some dude and how somebody got over on some guy? Can we do that? And not that it was all negative, because there was some positivity as well. And so I, in my self-righteousness, was like, I can't associate with them long-term because I'm, I'm righteous, I'm a Christian now. But now that I look back, I'm like, maybe it was actually the opposite. Okay. Even though I was Christian, I had not matured in my relationship with God, so therefore, the separation for that time was necessary because they would have had more of an influence on me that I was giving God. It's really good. So it's not that I was all this and can't associate with you because, you know, you wait. That's good. It was more about, because we've got to remember, you know, we've been talking about it lately, and it was part of my devotion. Light shines brightest in darkness. Light don't shine real bright when it's among other light. That's good. Not to say go out and so, but not to say go out and associate with all these heathens and evildoers and everything else. What I am saying is that never count it so much that you're so righteous. They're not going where I'm going because so I can't associate with them. No, it might just be their influence might be more significant in your life than you may want to acknowledge in comparison to God's significance in your life. It's good. Romans chapter 3, verse 26, it says, To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith. In other words, only, uh, uh, only Jesus can justify us. Right. We can't justify anybody. You make, we can't make anybody right. We can't save anybody. We don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 in the message, it says, How do we fit what we know of Abraham? 
our first father in the faith into this new way of looking at things. If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. <laughs> if, the, if the having a baby at 100 and then being willing to sacrifice his son on the mountain was, 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 was uh, him proving anything or earning God's love for him, then he would have the credit. But it goes on to say, but the story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in Scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. That's good. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. Wow. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, now that's something only God can do, and you trust him to do it, you could never do it on yourself, no matter how hard or how long you worked well. That trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God and by God. It's a sheer gift. That's so good. So if you all think about that, if you can do it, it's probably you doing it. Usually when God's leading you to do something, it's beyond your capacity. Mm. And then you get to a place where you realize it's like everything called linked up. I don't have it in my background, right? And so God is always going to ask you and lead you beyond yourself. That's right. Now, depending on your level of relationship, can you trust him to do for you what you can't do for yourself? Oh, that's good. That's right. Romans 4 or 5 in the Passion, I, this bears reading. But no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when, no one, when we no longer rely on our own works but believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. Romans 4, 16, and, and then I'm going to skip down to 19 uh, through 25 in the message. It says, this is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way and simply embracing him to what he does. You know, a lot of times we're tired especially women, we're tired. No, I'm saying that because I'm a woman, but you know what? Humanity. We get tired because we're doing it with our, in our own selves, yeah. expecting our own results. Yeah. You know, I, I had to change my prayer, you know, in a lot of things. And, and instead of saying, Father, uh, thank you for the opportunity to do what I do or whatever, I had to change it to really remind myself I get to do what I do yeah it's an honor I get to do what I do I get to be a part of this family I get to be a woman I get to be multicultural I get to be a part of linked up church I get the opportunity to be a part of your lives Amen. it's nothing that I just arrived and this is where I'm at and so hear me and watch me roar I get to do that yeah so he says here, this is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way and then simply embracing him and what he does. God's promise arises as a pure gift. That's the only way we can, anyone, everyone can be sure to get in on it. Those who keep the religious traditions and those who have never heard of them, for God, for Abraham is father of us all. He's not our racial father. That's reading the story backwards. 
He's our faith father. And see, what Paul meant there is because he was a Jew and Abraham was a Jew, they, 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 they hung their hat on the fact that I'm of the lineage of Abraham, not because of his faith, but because I'm a Jew, because I'm a Hebrew. And praise God for your lineage. Praise God for your legacy. Yesterday, we celebrated the life of a dear, dear woman knew her personally, and she has outstanding uh, an outstanding child and, 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 and great-grandchildren, and I'm sure they're going to go on to do great and wonderful things and, 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 and accomplish great exploits of the Lord. But the reality is they won't do that outside of God's grace. That's the greater legacy. Verses 19 to 25 says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impetus and say it's hopeless. This 100-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He said decades of infertility. Mind you, he's 100, she's 90. Yeah. <clears throat> he said he didn't look at me and say, I'm old. And, you know, when you get old, sometimes, you know, stuff praise the Lord. Stuff don't work the way it is. Yes, especially at 100, yeah. right? Yeah. And at 90, he's like, boy, there's cobwebs up in there. I don't know. <laughs> we don't even know if the eggs are still moving up in there. He didn't take a survey. Mm of why it couldn't happen. Mm. I'm going to say that again. What Paul is saying here is that Abraham, when God said, Abraham, you will become the father of many nations, and no, not by your faith in what you teach, but by your own body you shall bear a son. He didn't look around and start surveying what's wrong. Just like you sh we shouldn't look around and say, by his stripes I am healed, and start looking for the pain. Trying to see, is it there? Did it work? No, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. If we're looking for the pain, then that's what we're looking for. Instead, we should be looking for the healing, looking for life, yeah. looking for restoration. Yeah. When the relationship is broken, we can't be taking inventory of what he did wrong, what she did wrong. That's why. We should be looking at what God is doing right. Solution. He plunged into this promise and came up strong, it says, ready for God, sure that what God, that God would make good on what he has said. That's why it is said Abraham has declared fit, was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham, it's us also. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made was fit for God, set us right with God. He's saying what Abraham did was great, but Abraham didn't do that. It was God in him that willed him to do it, but it's because God set before him a promise, and Abraham made a decision, I'm going to trust this promise. Yeah. I'm going to trust this God. And unlike Abraham, God let Jesus go ahead and die, go to the grave. Mm -hmm hell in three days, and resurrected him again. So he's saying, yeah, Abraham, praise God. But Jesus did it all. Yeah. He did it all. Quick story, I, I was reminded of a, you know, a long time ago I was serving at Raymond's Children's Church when I was a student there in ministry school, and um, this, you know, I had, we were in the four-year-olds, and Lord Jesus, I know we talk about the terrible twos, the blessing twos, but them four-year-olds, Woo, Jesus. Anyway, and so the, uh, we had clusters of eight little kids, eight little four-year-olds, and then we would take them through a little trail, a little, uh, you know, 
the works, whatever, the, the segments. And so our little group, the little boy came in and he was screaming, he was hollering, snot everywhere, and it was green and yellow. And I mean, yeah, it was ugly. He was loud, and I'm like, how did this child get past those checking in because he ain't got no business being here, right? I don't know what happened, how he got back there, but he was obviously not feeling well. He was hot as I don't know what, and he was crying. And the, uh, the, the four little four-year-olds that I had, because I had four and someone else had four, one of them, which was a Hagen, great-grandchild, he goes over and says, be healed in Jesus' name. Jesus healed you, you know that, right? And the, ah, yes. and, 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 and that was it. And so some time goes by, about 10, 15 minutes later, and we noticed it was quiet. The little boy had stopped crying, and not only that, but he was totally functioning as if he was just fine. There was no snot. There, he wasn't hot. He was just back to himself. And I was like, um, look, you know, I don't want to say his name. Um, look, so-and-so, uh, your prayer helped um, so-and-so be healed. I'll never forget this. He says, that's what it's supposed to do, isn't it? That's good. That's good. Look here, childlike faith. The little faith. childlike faith. Yeah. He said, that's what it's supposed to do, isn't it? In other words, he wasn't saying that he healed. Because I'm like, your prayer, and that's that works mentality. Right, right. Your prayer caused so-and-so to be healed. Yeah. He said, that's what he's supposed to do, isn't it? And that's exactly what he said. That's what he's supposed to do, isn't it? In other words, he, as in Jesus, was supposed to heal this little boy, and the little boy was supposed to respond. In fact, this little boy didn't even attribute himself in the equation. So good. So, so that's good. So in that Romans 4 text, right, Sarah was 90. Yes. Abraham was 100. Yes. So through their own works, they probably had been trying, right, because that promise had been given to them 25 years ago. So right. they were trying, right? And in one case, that's how Ishmael was born because right. Sarah said, this is what human beings do. Maybe God wants to do it through my, your handmaid. See, and that's how we are as human beings, right? When it doesn't come in our timing, we try to help God. Oh, Lord. Right? And then Ishmael ended up causing a whole lot of problems. And if you look over in the Middle East today, it is still war going on between Ishmael and Isaac. All because they tried to do what had already been done. Then all of a sudden, they decided to actually believe in the promise. Mm -hmm. How many know nothing changed in their body? I believe a 90-year-old woman's body looked back then the same way a 90-year-old woman's body looked today. Come on, I believe a 100-year-old man, that looks helpless. I bet they both looked at each other in the natural and said, ain't nothing good getting ready to happen here. But, but once they put their faith in the promise, something must have happened different within their bodies. You just think about it. There's a sequence of things that had to happen. Because Scripture said he did not look at his own impotence. Yeah. In other words, he had to be healed. Yes. Supernaturally, stuff had to happen. In not there. just down there, but his heart had to Everything. be healed. So yeah. he, you know. Yeah. And, and so he had to be healed. But you got to remember, babe, this is great for married couples, especially spiritually single uh, people that are in marriages. It's in you're saved, but your spouse might not be saved. Remember, Mary, uh, uh, Sarah laughed. Yeah. 
And, and the angel, Abraham and the was angel excited. Asked, and the angel asked her too, why are you laughing? <laughs> what are you laughing about, Sarah? <laughs> Go ahead. But Abraham's faith and he was his, his excitement and his faith stood firm, yeah. even in the face of his spouse's denial and yeah. doubt, right? Yeah, she, it was sarcasm to her because she was like laughing and then saying, my Lord find favor at his age? Right. So I don't care where you are in, other words, in life. It looked hopeless to her. She was like, ain't nothing happening with him. It ain't happening in 30 years, 25 years. What are we talking about now? That's human nature. Exactly. But when you decide to, believe that to promise. fully trust yeah. in the promises of God, yeah. regardless of what even your spouse is saying, yeah. you have enough faith to supplement even theirs to get to the promised land. Yeah. I promise you on the character of who God is, he will show up and show out on your behalf just so that you can bring your spouse into his eternity. That's so good. And we see people do this all the time, believe in God to get married, right? It's been 10 years. God ain't done nothing yet. So let me go back out. Well, sure is quiet in here today, right? And we go try to make something happen in places where we know it can't happen at. God ain't sending you nobody in the club. All right, let me just, all right, let's give back to the message. You all don't like that. But, but how many know all human nature, we all are subject to that. When it doesn't happen in the timing that we want it to happen in, we insert ourselves, right? <clears throat> now, I'm going to go ahead and just get through this quickly. Letter B. We're talking about faith response. Are you trying, the topic here is, is um, number two, or let, number one, rather. Are you trying to, what she was talking about, are you trying to be justified by faith under faith response by not trying to do what God has already done? Letter B, now this is something we don't hear a lot about in church. Have you been crucified with Christ? Mm. It's not a popular subject, but it's an important subject. Have you been crucified with Christ? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what it means to be in Christ is that I'm a born-again believer. I've committed my life to Christ. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the grave. It says, if you are in Christ, then you are a new creation. Now, I used to think that meant, you know, my hair would grow back. Uh, I don't know. I just thought everything was getting ready to be new. Right? Anybody else do that same thing when you read that verse? I was like, man, everything getting ready to be new. But, but what ha a new creation is it's really talking about your spirit, right? You become new on the inside. You become a new creation on the inside, not on the outside. Watch this. Old things are passed away or the old nature was kicked out. So the old nature, listen to this very carefully, died at the moment of salvation. And I want you to really be able to put your faith in this. The old nature died. It really did. But how many know we resurrected? That's right. I know I resurrected it a lot of times in a lot of different areas. Anybody in here willing to be honest, right? I, re I died from cussing, but boy, I resurrected cussing, but it didn't take long after salvation. I realized cussing hadn't died, but yet other areas died. I'll talk about that in a moment. It says he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. In other words, they died, 
Behold, all things become new. If you look up the phrase become new, it's really talking about a process. So even though my old nature has died, how many know the process of becoming or becoming new is a process? So I grow and I develop over time, but listen very carefully. I don't have to go back to who I used to be. That's right. And there was enough power of salvation, if you'll put your faith in this, to kill everything in your life that, that's not like God, if you believe that. Right? The reality is I didn't sleep for it with another person until I got married. That was eight years later. But cussing stayed around for about two to three years. So what's the difference between not sleeping with someone and, and stopping cussing? I wanted to stop sleeping with people. I didn't want to stop cussing. That's right. I mean, no, cussing felt good. Ain't it? Come on, am I the only one cussing just validated whatever it was I was saying? Mother, you my kick your mouth. Boy, I'll put you in your mouth. <laughs> and that felt validated. You believe your point, but God made your Yeah, point growing up in Detroit, it's, it's not real until you add a cuss word to it. Matter of fact, they're getting ready to think you soft if you don't cuss, with what, especially if you're trying to handle something. All right, let, let me, I'm getting ready. Every, I'm getting ready. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? But yet, females, drinking, clubs, all of that died. But lying, cussing, Anger. <clears throat> okay. So, so think about it. Even though those things died, now I'm becoming new. Only thing I should have did instead of beating myself up was identify that these actually have a stronger hold on me than the other areas. Mm -hmm. And it should have signaled to me I need to grow more in my relationship with God in these areas and then continue to become new. And as I did that, you know, I'm glad to say I haven't cussed in probably 28 years from someone that couldn't say two words together. Anybody else been delivered from cussing? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all still being delivered? Raise your, oh, thank God. We got a few honest people. What about online? How many of y'all got still delivered? Raise your hand right there Be online. Honest. Put that hand up right now. Be honest, right? And so don't beat yourself up. You've identified it's an area. Listen, I don't need to stop cussing. I need to grow in my relationship with God, which will allow me to stop cussing. You all see the difference? I'm just going to stop right here for today. We're out of time. Mm -hmm. So much more I want to say. When you talk about being crucified with Christ, Paul said it later on. Paul said, I die daily. I have learned, folks, that if I don't put this flesh on, on the cross every day, it'll rise back up on me. Yep. I'm talking about Pastor Gregory. I have been some places where I thought some stuff that if I didn't put, if this wasn't on the cross, I would have done some stuff on that day. We're going to talk about what that looks like. If you don't wake up every day with a mind, to put this flesh on the altar, that flesh going to take you places you don't want to go, make you say stuff you don't want to say, Pay more. make you stay longer than you want to stay. Come on, somebody. And I promise you, you will end up paying more than you want to pay if you don't crucify this daily. You know what? 
crucifying this daily isn't matter of, of, of just a matter of putting down the flesh. You can't put down the flesh without replacing and in, in, increasing your spirit. Right? That's where we're going. That's the becoming new part. Yep. Exactly. And so you just think about it. Every day, all day, social media, television, friends, workplaces is feeding the flesh. You got to lie to get to the top. You got to sleep with the boss to get to the top. You got to uh, manipulate to get what you want. You got to, you know, say it this way and do it this way. So all day, every day, the world is feeding our flesh. The only way we're going to rise above what the world is doing is to feed our spirit so that we have a counter response. Yeah, so think about it. That's why social media, you have to be careful. If you're on that all day, it's going to drag you into some areas. Just think about it for a minute. If all I'm looking at is sex and thongs and booties and muscles and, and I'm single, right? Watch this. I don't know why I'm struggling with lustful thoughts. I'm swiping all day long. I'm listening. I'm, how many of y'all know that's not crucifying the flesh? What crucifying the flesh would mean, hey, I realize this creates lustful thoughts in my life. So let me unplug from this for a while till I can get control of these thoughts. Hello, somebody. Then unfollow some of these uh uh, people that I'm following. That's good. Right? right. You'll know a whole lot about yourself. Just look at who you follow, what you're attracted to, whether or not you're crucifying every day or you're feeding because we're doing one or the other. We're either feeding or crucifying every day. So, you know, I I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a plug right now. Maybe that's I'm what I'm going to take advantage of this plug. You know, in the new year, 2021, we're still planning on having the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And all too often we think, I thought that fasting was doing God a favor. Yes, I am establishing how much I love God and showing him how committed I am to God in my fasting, in my daily prayer. This is a long time ago. But fasting ain't doing nothing for God. Fasting is you crucifying your flesh we're and, we're gonna talk and showing about you how well you can control your flesh when you engage your spirit with the Holy Spirit. Right. I can prove this to you. Just take something you love this week, chicken. <laughs> Chocolate cake. Just take something you love and say, I'm not, not going to eat it for the whole week. That chicken going to have a name. It's going to have a voice. Come on, somebody. It's going to talk to oh, you yeah. all week long. Every commercial you see every is going to be Popeye's. It's going to be a chicken commercial, yes, right? Zaxby's, everything. The chicken going to fly across your mind, your imagination. You're going to smell it, and it ain't nowhere around. The next-door neighbor going to come out and barbecue and grill chicken. Come on, somebody. Watch everything that comes <laughs> to see whether or not you really meant I'm crucifying this week or I'm feeding. We'll get into it. We're just out of time. Let's all stand to our feet in the worship center. Let's stand to our feet if you're watching online. We still didn't get as far as we wanted to today, but it's okay. We're taking our time. We're working through this a little bit at a time because, folks, I just don't want a church of people that come to church. I don't even want a crowded building. I'd rather have this size crowd of people who love God and, and that are living for God then thousands of people were standing room only and can't none of us control our flesh. 
That's more important to God, and it's more important to me. So let's just lift our hands to the Father right now. Let's begin to worship Him. All of us have areas of our flesh that need to be crucified. All of us do. I do. I have multiple areas of my flesh that rise up, some daily, some periodically, right? I have thoughts that go through my mind. All of us have areas that need to be crucified. I didn't get to the point in the message this week where I wanted to challenge you, but I just want you to begin to start thinking about an area of your life. Don't try to overcome everything at one time, but pick an area of your life and say, you know what? This is dying today. This won't control me another day in my life. I am putting this on the altar, and I'm going to wake up again tomorrow morning and put the cigarettes on the altar again, put cussing on the altar again. Come on, somebody. Put that relationship on the altar again, and I'm going to kill it daily until it no longer has an impact or effect on my life. And when we get into this, you're going to see, if you've been saved, this is what it requires. What you did yesterday, you get no credit for today. Mm. You've got to get up today and do all the things necessary to win for today. And so, Father, we just thank you today. We glorify you today. We magnify you today, Father. Faith responds by crucifying its flesh, Father. It is identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection. We're born again into a new life that should not look like our old life. And so, Father, help us to daily walk out that revelation, Father, to daily become new creations in you, to daily be better today than we were yesterday. Let that be a daily goal of ours, Father, to just grow daily. Help us by your Spirit, Father. Let that be revelation in our hearts and in our minds. If you've, we've been the same way we've been for the last five years, shame on us. Our lives should reflect more of your glory, more of your holiness, more of your purity daily. Help us to get a revelation of that faith responds that way. And so wherever you're at watching today, whether in this room or online today, I want you to know that God loves you unconditionally. He loves you with everything that's going on in your life. He actually knows that there will be a process for you to become everything that he wants you to be. He's not expecting you to get saved today and be everything in the Word of God that he said you're supposed to be. Only thing he's expecting is that you start the growth process. And that growth process can't start without first accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you're watching today and you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus, I would love to pray for you today. I, remember, God's not concerned about anything you've done or anything you're doing right now. It starts with making a decision. I think John 6, 29 said the only faith, the only work that you need to do is to believe on the Son of Jesus and what He's done for That's you. Right. That's right. So if you want to be saved today, I want to pray with and for you. Secondarily, you just may have gotten away from God. Maybe crucifying your flesh became so difficult that you just gave in to it and you just decided to yield to it. And you say, you know what, I'm just going to live this way and still try to be saved. That's you today, and you want to come back to Christ. You want to rededicate your life. I want to pray with and for you. So now, if any one of those invitations apply to you, I just want you to put your hand over your heart, even in the room, 
And I want everyone in the room and online to just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, believe I believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Son of I, God. Believe I believe that he died, that he died rose, from rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Alive Lord, right Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Would somebody just go ahead and praise God and thank God for that right now? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. My wife and I, we believe with all of our hearts that someone prayed that prayer either in this worship center or watching online. You prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart. If that's you, I want you to follow the information that's on, your sc on the screen right now. I want you to take your next step online, and I want you to text GET CONNECTED to 94090. Take that next step, and if you do, we want to give you a gift, but it's only after you take that step. We want to put a gift into your hand to tell you further about this wonderful decision that you've made for Christ. If you're in this room today and you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, would you just lift your hand up in the air right now? Just lift it up. See that hand up there in the balcony? Anyone else? I see that hand right there. You prayed that prayer in this room sincerely from your heart. Just lift your hand up in the air right now. Got one up in the balcony, one right there. Praise God for that. We're going to put some information into your hands. Just follow the direction of the people that are approaching you right now. They will tell you what your next steps are, and we have a gift for you as well. Can we just give God glory and honor for those decisions that were made today? If you desire to join Linked Up Church, you can do that virtually. You can do that physically here in the building. Also text Get Connected to 94. 090, and it will tell you just how to do that. Come on and join the family, man. God's family is growing, and we'd love to have you come and be a part of it. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right, and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.